She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files adjacent podcast. In search of... Dead Sea Scrolls. I don't know, it seems like you used to be saying the. I, the, the that they didn't put the in there feels weird. Oh, like the Dead Sea Scrolls? Yeah, like the Dead yeah. In search of the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? Yeah, you're um, right. I guess that is kind of weird. It didn't really hit Dead me, but you're right. Yeah. I guess there's only so many sets of Dead Sea Scrolls. I mean, as a as a generic, right, they could be still looking for more. And so you could be looking for Dead Sea Scrolls, like scrolls around the Dead Sea. But mm-hmm. like there are also like the Dead Sea Scrolls that we have found and that, you know, that they have studied and stuff. So it's just mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. Anyway. This episode was written and produced by Robert R. Long. Oh, my God. I said R again. <laughs> Why? Why? I don't understand. I don't. It's like my brain is so sure that that is correct. Oh, my God. We even talked about it before we started. Oh, my God. I okay. know. It's just like it, it's just what oh, muscle memory or something. Oh, this is all staying in. Oh, staying <laughs> That's in. perfect. All right. Gold. Well, this episode was written and produced by Robert L. Long. Middle initial is L. It was edited by Bill Voigtlander with assistance by Louis Friedman. And the series is hosted and narrated by Leonard Nimoy. It originally aired on Thursday, February 9th, 1978. <gasps> is the lowest place on the face of the earth. The sea is so salt, nothing can live in it. Yet, in small settlements along the west bank of this dead sea... Jewish scholars once sought refuge from the moral decay of their time. The refuge ended shortly after the time of Christ. Roman conquerors were tightening their stranglehold on the Holy Land. Even the suggestion of dissension was intolerable, so the emperor's legions crushed the desert settlements of the rabbis. A Jewish sect called the Essene apparently knew the end was coming. For generations they had collected the wisdom of their people and the earliest known versions of the Old Testament. These treasures they hid in the caves that only they knew existed in the mountains behind their settlement. Nineteen centuries later, treasure would be rediscovered. It would be a vindication of a faith of millions. Evidence of the Bible as factual history of the birth and heritage of mankind! Then we get the opening credits. I'm not gonna do the music. <laughs> I, just, I like go blank on what the music sounds like every time. <laughs> dun, 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 there we dun, go. Dun. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what's the music sound like? <laughs> Young rabbis pursuing their studies in Israel are the latest in a long line of revered scholars. The scripture they recite was written down centuries ago on a barren shelf overlooking the Dead Sea, and ancient wisdom was thus preserved. Only a few fragments have so far been recovered. In search of Dead Sea Scrolls. (gasps) Very in conjecture, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then we get more narration somehow. It just keeps going because there's not a lot. 
going on in this episode. Yeah, 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 this episode's a little, yeah. Anyway, I guess narration's me, so uh, here we go. No other city has inspired such passions. Jerusalem. Her ancient walls have seen so much. Pilgrims coming from all over the world. Jews mourning past outrages before stones quarried 2,000 years ago for Herod. Muslims, which he actually says Muslims, which is hilarious, visiting the site of <laughs> Muhammad's ascension. Yes. And the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, my God. I know that like he says words weird sometimes, but that one feels like you should get it right. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, Muslims visiting the site of Muhammad's ascension on a hill remembered by Jews for Abraham's sacrifice. Winding past sacred monuments are streets filled with mystery. The passers-by are a polyglot of creeds and cultures. For the moment, they coexist. Yet Jerusalem is a city wearied by war. Yep. Mm-hmm. So then we see the Bethlehem souvenir shop and the <laughs> desert beyond Bethlehem in Judea. Yes. So you can buy your Bethlehem souvenirs, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, well, I guess I buy souvenirs when I go places, I guess. And what do they weird. sell? Like nativity scenes? What, what are these? <laughs> Little shot glasses that say, I was here at the birth of Jesus or take a shot for Jesus. Some straw from the manger. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. I came to the birth of our savior's homeland and only oh, got, this, got stupid stupid t-shirt. T-shirt. <laughs> Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Little ashtrays shaped like Mary's face. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) We get some recent history involving the Six-Day War in 1967. Israel quadrupled its size and claimed the entirety of the West Bank of the Jordan River and the Dead Sea. Mm -hmm. Then it's back to Roman conquerors and the Masada... The fortress atop a plateau on the edge of Judea. It was an unassailable location. But the Romans proved this to be false. Whoa. The assault lasted three years. Wow. Then we talk about the Qumran settlement and how the Romans crushed it. But we go on to talk way too long about their water collection engineering, which is impressive if you're into that stuff. But this episode is not really a. Yeah, it's very interesting. But yeah. And then we talk about how they basically conducted their city council meetings again. It's it's okay, Sure. I guess so. Yeah, because we are just shy of halfway through this episode and we have learned more about the actual topic of this episode in the opening minute than in the eight minutes since. We have not talked about them at all. And I get that they're trying to lay some background for like where the scrolls came from, why they were where they were, but it's like a lot and they don't really Mm -hmm. get to the point at all. And they get sidetracked. We don't need to know about their water collection to talk about the Sea Scrolls. No, we don't. No. Or their city council meetings or whatever. That's (laughs) me saying that and that's not them, but basically, yeah. You had to like take ritual baths for like seven years before you could participate in like the way the city worked and stuff. I mean, it's not really a city, but like the settlement. And it's just like, okay, that's cool, but we don't need to know that. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about. No, it's kind so. of funny. And maybe I'm jumping the gun about talking about this, but like when I was a kid, the Dead Sea Scrolls came through San Francisco and mm-hmm. my aunt, who's really into like history and she's also very religious, but like 
she's just into like museums and stuff. And so she would always like take me and my cousins to all these exhibits. And my mom came along and we went to see the Dead Sea Scrolls. And I remember it being like interesting because like there are these scrolls that were found in caves that had like the Testament on it, the old Testament. And it was like, Mm -hmm. Whoa, that's so cool. It might have hidden secrets. But I also remember walking through that museum for a very long time while my mom and my aunt read every single plaque And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're a kid and there's no, like, dinosaurs in the museum or something, you're just like, what? Okay, I'm done now. Where's, like, the cool stuff? Like, where's the exciting bits, you know? I mean, they haven't found the bones of the dinosaur that Jesus rode to Bethlehem yet. Yeah. But, I mean, that's kind of what you would hope for. And so (laughs) this episode felt very much like walking through that museum, wondering when we could, like, maybe go get lunch or something, because this is kind of getting old and I'm tired of looking at plaques and pictures of scrolls or scrolls behind glass that are in some language I can't read and don't look very exciting. Yeah. For listeners who pay attention to the show notes, you will learn that this is the second or third episode we're recording today. And this was the one I was actually looking forward to. But it's boring. It's very, very boring. boring. Yeah. Because I was all into that. Like, I I subscribed to Biblical Archaeology Review and had books on the Dead Sea Scroll because for a long time I wanted to be, like, you know, a historian of, like, comparative religion and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was into that. But, man, this is boring. Mm. Yeah, it's not very exciting. No. So, finally, we get to the scribes of Qumran and the scriptures they copied onto the scrolls. Others made pottery to contain the scrolls, and still others were in charge of making the parchment. So this was a whole ordeal. Mm-hmm. Which, you know. This was I like mean, what yes. they existed for. Yeah. This was their thing. And it's a lot of work. You couldn't just type things onto the computer and hit print. Like, you had to, like, no. make the paper and make the ink. And so it was just yeah. very involved. It was interesting because I have typos in this as we're reading it. I'm like, oh, damn, good thing Tori caught that um, as she's talking and didn't actually say what I wrote. But <laughs> the Dead Sea Scrolls, one of the ways that they actually used to show they weren't uh-huh. frauds was that they actually found, like, there's places where they made corrections on them. Mm-hmm. And they're made by different hands at different times. So, like, one person was working on it, and then, like, someone was proofreading and be like, oh, dude, Steve, what did you do? Right, no, let fix that. And then <laughs> put notes in there. So, Yeah. <laughs> I just want to believe somewhere in the margin. It's like, God damn it, Steve. Pay attention to your work. <laughs> Pay attention. We don't have whiteout yet. So this is really yeah. a spell check. Although spell check bites me in the ass sometimes, especially on these episodes. So, oh, man. Yeah. Half the time when, when I spell a word wrong, it's so wrong that spell check has no help for me. And I have to like Google. I was trying to figure out how to spell the word imminent. And I kept spelling it with an E. And I could not figure oh. out. <laughs> and it took me forever. I'd like Google and I'm like, oh God. And there's like, well, I a think company. there is a version that has an E, but it has a slightly different meaning. And so, yeah, it wasn't know. what I meant. And so, like, I had to keep going back and trying to find the spelling. I'm like, oh my God. And so, like, yeah, I just spelled them so wrong that spell check is useless. It's like, yeah. no. We're going to pad this episode much like In Search of Death on some of the episodes <laughs> because on our next episode, I typed sexual wrong. I, fl- I flipped the U and the A in the word sexual. And for some reason, Google had no fucking idea what to do with it. It was like, we don't know what this word is. I'm like, dude, I mixed up the U and the A. You don't know what the word is? Come on, it's S-E-X. Okay. And, like, come on. <laughs> I feel like spell check has actively gotten worse. Like, I really do. Like, I feel like it used to be able to, like, guess and suggest things. And now it's like, unless you're super close, it's just like, nope, don't know what you're talking about. It's so weird. 
Yeah, it has gotten because I have the setting on mine where it actually does the grammar check to a little bit. So it does help because I tend to leave out things like to and the a uh-huh, lot when I'm typing. Too, yeah. And so it'll 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 get to those two. And I'm like, oh, thank you, because I left that word out. So, yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, they didn't have that when they were working on scrolls. No. So, yeah, you had to pay attention. You couldn't just type it out madly at the last minute before you had to record. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah those ancient podcasters <laughs> <laughs> had to spend a week. <laughs> they were podcasters. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But um So, in 31 BC, this work came to a halt after an earthquake. <gasps> Evidence of this quake can still be seen. Did the inhabitants flee afterwards? <gasps> I don't know. Well, apparently not, because new construction exists beside the destruction. So clearly they stayed in fixed oh. things. Why'd they even bring that up? Like, they already said that, like, the Romans crushed them. And so we know they were still around. So, yeah, I don't know. They had to, I guess that's just their thing they have to do, right? Did these ancient people leave and we don't know where they went? <laughs> no. Almost never. Almost never. <laughs> We also keep being shown a nearby cave, which if it is the actual cave the Dead Sea Scrolls were found in, you got to wonder how it took them 2,000 years because it's literally right there. Yeah. So I don't know if it actually is or if it's just a cool cave they found to show. I think it's just a cave they have a visual on. I'm like, dude, that cave is like right there. Come on. I think the actual (laughs) one was like behind rocks and you had to like be at a certain angle to see it or whatever. It's probably harder to get. Yeah. And I think some of them were like, they were, they were more vertical. They were almost like shafts as opposed to like you would walk in caves. And so this was just for visuals. But but they kept showing it over and over every time they would talk about it. And I'm like, "Mm, come on, (laughs) seriously. It's the only stock footage of like a desert cave that they have. So they're just using it's like, what they it's got. It's right there near the settlement. You can see it. Like, how is it hidden? Anyway, yeah. Then we discuss the Bedouins, aka nomadic desert Arabs, that reside on lands between Jerusalem and the Dead Sea. It was in 1947 that a young goat herder, Muhammad Adib, went tracing astray. He found more than a goat. <gasps> Do you find two goats? At least he found his goat. I mean, I was worried about the goat, to be honest. At this point, I was. They don't say that he did, actually. Oh, you're right. Oh, God. I hope he found the goat. Yeah. He just found a cave. It was like, oh, cool, a cave. And he chucked a rock in there and he heard something break. (laughs) Yeah. So he was like, oh, maybe there's something down there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, So he, like, took the scrolls and tried to sell them to, like, a shop. And that's how they were discovered, which I would do the same thing. Be like, are these worth something? Because yeah, well, he gave them cave. to someone else. He didn't do it himself because they're just they're just sheep herders, nomadic desert Arabs. They're not sophisticated. Although apparently they're also like smugglers and highwaymen. This episode is not Arab friendly. I'll tell you that. No. Professor John Trevor was the first academic to see Muhammad's discovery. Comparing it to other scrolls with known dates, he realized these may be the oldest known versions of biblical scripture by more than a thousand years. <gasps> and that set off a scroll rush where people started hunting the hills, looking it for did. caves and hidden scrolls. What did they do to stop it? They called in the desert police, <laughs> which I didn't know was a thing. And apparently they maybe ride camels or they do ride. They had awesome camels. 
they had some <laughs> nice looking camels. I have to say, they had some cool, yeah. like with like the, you know, like the blankets and stuff that they would ride on there. Very nice, but yeah, desert police. And the Bedouins were reluctant to tell anyone where the cave was. It was up to the police to find the cave and prevent the scrolls from ending up in the hands of wealthy collectors instead of scholars. <gasps> I'm torn here because, like, they're still cops. I know, I know. But then I'm like, that belongs in a museum. And so I'm kind of, yeah. It's like, they found it, like, you know, but at the same time, you know, yeah. Yeah. They found not one cave, but a virtual honeycomb of caves behind the hills of Qumran. But the Bedouins had picked them clean. Clearly, the only choice authorities had was to deal with the Bedouins. <sighs> yep. So a sting was set up in Jericho, and scholars were eventually able to meet with the dealers. Yeah, so they didn't like just arrest them and like. No, they just tried to get a hold of the scrolls and you yeah. know, see what they had. Basically, the scrolls provide a two thousand year old verification of the accuracy of the Old Testament as known to modern man. The uniformity of the versions was astonishing. There's a problem with that sentence because it's the verification of the accuracy of the old testament that is not how verification works no it, um, or at least the accuracy so yeah it's just well, i think the what same, they're saying it's is the same the accuracy words. of the text right yeah they're but not that, that everything they said is true and actually no. happened no it's just saying that take the, it. i know yeah it's just saying that the version of the text is close to what we actually know so we know that the version is still close to what it used to be in 1952, another amazing discovery was made. Two rolled strips of copper were found near Qumran. When cut apart, they revealed an inventory of buried treasure. The wealth represented in the list was enormous. Gold and silver bullion. Huge quantities of coins and sacred artifacts. Could this be the treasure of Jerusalem lost in the Roman attack of 70 AD? If it is... The Jews must have hidden the wealth in secret places throughout the city. So basically it's a big treasure map and like, or at least a list of everything that got hidden, right? So Yeah, it's a list. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a map because we haven't found any of that shit. So, yeah. What has become of the treasure? Why was the list hidden at Qumran? The ruins are mute. Clearly, however, the settlement was recognized in its own day as far more important than the size of its membership would suggest. Some scholars believe John the Baptist lived here as a boy, watching the scribes work at their writing tables. Jesus was certainly at least aware of the community and of the scriptures being copied and sealed away in the large clay jars unique to Qumran, time capsules to be opened in a distant age. From the other writings of the sect, we know the community believed it was living in the last days before God's judgment, the ultimate triumph of light over darkness. Even as they labored to accumulate and preserve the Jewish scriptures, they prepared for the final struggle with the forces of evil and the new age to come. In this way, the Qumran settlers anticipated the apocalypse. When it came, they were unprepared for the result. I mean, no one's ever prepared for apocalyptic annihilation. It could be. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, so the Roman army crushed them. Yay. 
All who value faith are in some way indebted to the people who labored in the desert to preserve it. Qumran was destroyed and its inhabitants put to the sword. Perhaps, however, the ultimate victory they prayed for was theirs after all. And this commercial is not over. You thought it would be, but we're not. I did nope. think it would be. There's been a lot of narration. Mm -hmm. That's because there's not a lot to say. And also, honestly, I'm going to say it right here and now. I edited out a lot of stuff that is just like. Yeah, it was just filler and then also a little bit racist. Yeah. And a little bit. Very pro-Israel and very anti-Arab. And yeah, so. Yes. We're told if the Essenes established settlements on the west side of the Jordan River, why not the east as well? The political boundaries of today did not exist. And the east bank is virtually untouched by archaeologists. What treasures might it hold? <gasps> Qumran was created to rise above the corruption and violence of its age. Peace has not yet come to the west bank of the Dead Sea. If it ever does, perhaps men can concentrate on finding more of the treasures Qumran left behind. And now it's over. So yeah. I actually should have ended where they did because it was a better ending. Mm -hmm. And also not maybe suggest that... You know, since in the Six-Day War, Israel pushed back everyone to the East Bank, that now we should also, like, just take that land, too, and just... I know, you know I know. There's stuff, there's stuff that might be there, which is essentially what is being said. Yeah. I'm cool with Jewish people and Judaism, and I'm cool with, you know, Islam, I'm cool with Christianity, I'm cool. I'm basically cool with everyone, as long as you're not, like, forcing your shit on people. However, I know people love it when we get political, but... Israel is a occupying state and should be put on trial for war crimes. So there, I'm said it. Boom. Yeah, yeah, I don't actually know enough about the situation. I just know that it's really not great. Nope. The Palestinians are living under an apartheid system, mm -hmm. and we wouldn't put up with it in South Africa. Oh, we did for a really long time until yep, people put yeah. pressure on them. So, and honestly, Israel's been allowed to do what they're doing because the U.S. has let them. So yes. if the oh, US wasn't behind them, they would not have gotten away with half the shit they have. So, yep. Yeah. But I think, yeah. um, was it House Representative Ilan Omar was just like kicked off a committee by the Republicans because they said she said something that was like anti-Israel or something? Oh, yeah. You can't like... say anything because anything, if you say something anti-Israel, they will automatically call you an anti-Semite. And that's uh -huh. not how that works. No, and she's just pointing out. Like, Israel is not Judaism, and Judaism is not Israel. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I know. Yeah, anyway, yeah. I mean, that's... Everything's a, a hot mess. But this episode mm -hmm. was not a hot mess. It was just kind of boring. So there it is. The Dead Sea Scrolls exist. They do tour museums sometimes. If you're interested, I'm sure you could probably find them somewhere. I don't know where they're on exhibit now, but I'm sure you could definitely go see them somewhere <laughs> yep and there are, you can actually buy books that have like the full translations of what they translated so far sure i know back in the 90s a lot of the articles about them especially in biblical archaeology review would be about the process and how they were having because obviously some of them are fragments right so they're having to go through and painstakingly try and you know match things up yeah we do have some nice big sections but you know they're like you know two thousand years old 
So, right. so they opened them up shape. and it just started crumbling. <laughs> I think the guy talks yeah. about that a little, the scholar yeah. guy, how like they just were so fragile. Yeah. And techniques are getting better and better. They're getting to where they can actually x-ray scrolls now and then like digitally unroll them and like be able to tell the layers of the ink so that you're actually able to, obviously if you x-ray it or scan it, everything's just all piled on top of each other, right? Mm -hmm. But they've gotten to the technology now where you can actually like digitally unroll them after you scan them, which is pretty fucking sweet. That is so, very cool. Yeah. I know that didn't exist back then, but that would have been a good part of this no. episode. I mean, obviously, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't as, something they could have talked about. As we said, when the guy found them, he threw a rock and heard something break. So he probably fucked up some of them right then and there. I mean, right. you know, just by throwing the rock because it broke the pottery, which probably damaged the scrolls. So, I mean, mm -hmm. but there were there were a bunch of them all over the place. So it's not like there was like one pot with all the scrolls in it. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yep. Yep. That's, that's the Dead Sea Scrolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm all into that. Like, I really like biblical history, but I like it as history and not like as like proving that the Bible is true stuff. I know. Uh, yeah. Which, unfortunately, a lot of people want to use whatever history you can find to prove the Bible. Yeah. I mean, some of the stuff probably is like true or like, you know, I'm sure some of it is based on truth for things that happen, you know, or yeah, so, loosely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But we're also dealing with like translations of translations of translations of the Bible at some point. So, because I know I can't read the original language, so I don't know what it really says. Yep. Anyway, anyway thanks for listening. <laughs> I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded in collaboration with Black Cat and Orange Tuxedo Studios. Episode production design and editing is by Lazy and Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz, and the truth is what we make of it by the agrarians. Our X-Files adjacent episodes are where we cover television and films that are, you guessed it, X-Files adjacent. If you like what we're doing, tell a friend. We'd love to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time, and together we'll try to figure out if, if the, the truth, truth is, is still out there. Yes. Okay. All right. I knew I was, and now I know that you are.
And so we can begin with the Dead Sea Scrolls. Woo! Okay. All right. Uh, this okay. one, so this one is pretty much set up where like one of us is going to be talking and one of us is going to do the narration. Which okay. one would you prefer? <laughs> you know, either way is fine with me. I, I can do the narration again or I can do, but yeah, it doesn't really matter. I don't have a ton of interest in this, but. Me neither. Do you want to flip it since you did narration last time? I'll do this one or vice versa. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of narration it, in this fine. one because there wasn't any fucking thing that was interesting. So it was like, I'm no, it was what, so boring. And I was like, what he fucking says. Yeah. It's not that exciting. It's really kind of okay. one of those episodes where you're like, eh, I mean, it might've been interesting, but. Mm. Yeah. Let me, if, so if I'm going to do the narration, let me just do make this part red. Cause that is definitely me. And if you want to do it, you can. But um, I'm going to make it red just in case. If you don't want to do it, then I'll do it. So, okay. All right. So I'll do narration then. So you do the written and produced by. You get to say Robert L. Long, which I felt bad that I took it last time. I was like, oh, Robert L. Long. I should let Tori say it. Um, (laughs) I will survive. I will survive. (laughs) Okay. All right. 